we really pride ourselves as a company as being family friendly. We believe that learning young is how we build future customers. And that if we have kids to come, then their parents will come and their parents will learn. And so it really is a core value across Mountain Capital Partners. And we see that when kids love their adventure with us, then their parents love the adventure with us. And so they'll keep coming back. So for us, it makes awesome business sense. And it's part of who we are and part of the fabric of what we stand for. Let's see, how do I want to kick this one off? Typically, we go, welcome to Trail Effect. I am your host, Josh Blum. And I tell you about the goal of the show. And I tell you about how we have trail builders, board members, community leaders, volunteers, and regular people who really enjoy trails on here. But before we get into that, I want to get into some other stuff. We're going to be moving Trail Effect onto its own platform off of Mountain Bike Radio. But before we get into that, I have to take the time to thank Mountain Bike Radio and Ben. Ben has been incredible to work with. He has offered me his network to be able to grow this platform into what it is today. And it's something I would have never imagined it going into. I've been able to interview people that I've never met. Many of the people I've interviewed, I've never talked to before. But we all have the same common bond of trails and mountain biking. And we know how that affects people and how if we spread the knowledge that we have, we can hopefully inspire other people to create more trails or get into advocacy or do some volunteering or whatever it is they can do for their community to help bring trails and mountain biking forward. What this means is that you're going to find Trail Effect on its own platform. It's still going to be called Trail Effect. It's still going to have the same great people that we've had on here. We have some awesome projects in the works. So after you are done listening to this episode, be sure to stay tuned because we're not going to be on Mountain Bike Radio anymore. We're going to be found through Trail Effect, which is spelled Trail E-A-F-F-E-C-T. I know it's a little weird. When we uh, came up with the show name, we didn't really know what to call it. We, it was me and a couple other people, Ben from Mountain Bike Radio, Mike Rapiak from Emba, that were talking about the effects that trails have on communities. And sometimes that can be spelt with an E, and sometimes that can be spelt with an A. So that's why we have the E and the A in Trail Effect. With that being said, Ben, thank you very much. It's been incredible. Your network has helped me grow and helped this podcast grow. Being a part of the Mountain Bike Radio family has been incredible. The hosts that you've had on prior to me and the hosts that continue to be on Mountain Bike Radio have helped grow Mountain Bike Radio to what it is today. And without that, I'm going to be forever grateful because we wouldn't be able to share these stories without people that have helped Mountain Bike Radio become what it has become. Now on to episode 56, part three of the Bike Park series. We have Christiana Hudson, the marketing director, and Susie Bauer, the general manager of Spider Mountain Bike Park. Spider Mountain has become infamous for installing the only chairlift in Texas, with the sole purpose of hauling bikes and riders to the top of Spider Mountain year-round. While Spider Mountain may only boost 350 feet of vertical, they have a huge amount of diversity in their trail offerings and other activities off the bike, as it's located on Lake Buchanan. Kick back and learn more about Spider Mountain and what Spider Mountain has to offer. Support for Trail Effect comes from Smith's Bike Shop in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Smith's is a full-service bike shop that is a retailer, a truck bicycle company, and Salsa Cycles. Smith's also has a full line of components and accessories from Bontrager and other various companies. 
For more information about Smith's Bike Shop, go to www.smithsbikes.com. A special thanks goes out to Ben Wallenach of Mountain Bike Radio for supporting this podcast and to the people who have shared their time and knowledge. Without this, we would not have these stories to tell. This podcast is an Evolution Trail Services production. For more information about Evolution Trail Services, go to www.evotrails.com. Here we are today on the Trail Effect Podcast. I have Susie Bauer and Christiana Hudson. They're both representatives of the Spider Mountain Bike Park based in Texas, the only chairlift in Texas. How's it going today, Christiana? Great. How are you doing, Josh? And Susie, how are you doing today? Really well, thanks. Well, let's dig into your backstories a little bit. Christiana, why don't you kick us off with how you got into working in the resort industry? Because you also cover the Alpine side of things with some resort marketing as well, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm the marketing manager for Sipapu, which is a ski resort in New Mexico, Pajarito, which is another ski resort in New Mexico in Los Alamos, and Spider Mountain there in Burnett. And so I've worked for Mountain Capital Partners, who's the parent company of all of those resorts. For about 13 years, I started my career as an art director and then moved to the account side a couple of years ago. I love skiing and snowboarding and mountain biking and an all-around nature lover and really love being in the outdoor industry. And so um, I've been blessed and so lucky to work in this industry for so long. Yeah, that does. You cover everything there. So how about you, Susie? <laughs> Sounds like you have a little bit of a different path towards Spider Mountain Bike Park. Yeah, um, I followed Spider Mountain's progression of putting a lift in a bike park in Texas for uh, quite a while when it was first built and just always thought that was super interesting. And one winter living in the Colorado mountains, me and my husband were like, you know, let's go check out Spider. It's way too cold here. And so we came down uh, one February 2020 and just fell in love with the place. I almost didn't put my full face helmet in the car. And I was glad I did because, you know, Spider Mountain's legit downhill, 375 feet of pure fun. And I just fell in love with the place. I kept thinking, you know, with my background in resort hospitality and ski area operations, I should run this place. It's got so much potential. And then we got home and my husband actually came across the listing that they had put up for a general manager and said, you know, why don't you put your money where your mouth is and see what happens. And about six months later, I was down here in Texas running Spider Mountain Bike Park. Wow. That's, that's an incredible story. And a little bit of, of, I don't know if you want to call it serendipity or what, but that definitely, uh, that definitely is, is pretty awesome. Susie, what did you, where did you work when you were in Colorado to kind of give some context there? And what kind of stuff were you into there? I uh, was the operations manager at Eldora Mountain Ski Resort for about 12 years. And up in Summit County, Colorado, working with Keystone Bike Park and um, doing a lot of hospitality management in the, what I like to call Ski Country USA by Breckenridge and Vail and have just always loved mountain biking, always been part of the mountain biking community, trail building, local trail building efforts local bike hill efforts, and have just always really loved the sport. Christiana. Yes. Let's dig into Spider Mountain and kind of what the concept of it was and how it went from, from being an idea to actually becoming a real thing. 
Uh, so our owner, James Coleman, grew up in Texas and in the uh, Hill Country area. And uh, his dad was a land guy. He was into real estate. He was deep into real estate in the Hill Country and in the Austin area. And they really liked the vibe of that Lake Buchanan area in the Hill Country. And there was a development there um, that was mostly lake property. and. It wasn't really part of the Austin scene yet. You know, Austin, this is probably 20 years ago, was a lot smaller than it is now. And they liked the idea of kind of getting away from it all for themselves, but then also using this underutilized property to really sell because they saw the potential. So they bought it and were really planning to just sell off lake lots. So 20 years ago, didn't really have a plan in mind exactly for basically what is Spider Mountain today. And so fast forward a few years and James was buying Sipapu, his very first ski resort. And he was all about skiing and working in the ski industry and building up his resort knowledge. So, you know, because we're sort of tossing around what to do with this land and really hadn't uh, come up with anything until quite a few years later when some buddies of James were like, hey, this would make a cool mountain bike park. And they were thinking just traditional, you know, just trails. Um, They were kind of like, you're not really doing anything with it. We're not really selling. Wouldn't it be sweet? And his friends are kind of just then getting into mountain biking. And this was probably seven-ish years ago. And if you know James Coleman, if he's going to do something, he's going to do it big. So he said to his friends, he was like, all right, let's put in a lift. Let's do it. And at that point, his friends were like, "Mm, yeah, that's not what we had in mind. Um, So they kind of tabled the idea and it kind of sat on the shelf for a little while. And, you know, James shared with me that at the time, you know, four or five years ago, he was really nervous that it was going to be hard to be profitable because downhill mountain biking was seen as such an extreme sport. And he went to a couple of conferences and really kind of started to think that it could be done. He was saying, you know, skiing in a lot of ways is like a water park in efficiency. You know, it has a pretty low barrier to entry and people can learn it pretty quickly and you can really expedite people through the lift. Mountain biking is not quite the same animal. And so to take the jump into mountain biking was going to be a big leap. And also, it happens to be in Texas. <laughs> so he, there were a lot of challenges. But then about four years ago, the synergy kind of started to work. Like James went to uh, Jackson Hole, where there's a pretty small mountain that has about 350 feet of vertical. And he really... It opened his eyes to be like, wow, this could be done and be done right in a big way and make a big splash. And then... You know, it was really working at Whistler at the time. You know, um, they were getting the ridership. So he was starting to see that there was energy behind this. And then um, at that point, you know, he had bought Purgatory and we had Pajarito. Um, and Purgatory had its own downhill park. And Pajarito had a homegrown mountain bike park that was begun in like 2000, which has some of the gnarliest old school hand-built trails in the US. Like it's crazy and it's steep. And so he kind of started to think about it in a bigger way. Like, okay, if I make this mountain bike park in Texas, 
I have this natural connection to my ski resorts and to these downhill mountain bike parks. So it all started to sort of formulate together um, to become what Spider Mountain. Yeah. You know, when I've taken trips both to Colorado and to, we'll say, Arkansas, it seems like there's a, there was a mass exodus of people from Texas to those locations to recreate, whether it's skiing or snowboarding or especially mountain biking in Arkansas. And so when I saw the headline of the first chairlift in Texas, it just made a ton of sense to me, you know, because there's so many people leaving Texas to go take advantage of these sports and do what they love to do, you know. And so how has that kind of played into this? Um, you know, when the, the idea, the big idea of Spider Mountain um, really came to fruition, the stuff in Bentonville didn't have the traction that it does now. They didn't have the um, trails built and they didn't have a lot of the infrastructure that they have now. I think that we were seeing downhill mountain bikers at our resort. So we were seeing people like you're saying from Texas come to Purgatory and come to Pajarito. And we were noticing that in general, mountain biking was getting a larger presence and gaining in popularity. So the barriers to entry, we felt like being so close to a major metropolitan area because Austin too was exploding, you know, in that 10 year period. Having the access to the big Texas cities where we know we can get that population base to come out, that definitely was a huge part of why we thought we could be successful. And, you know, James likes to think that fortune favors the brave and that he has some audacity. But what he says is that it's very, it's based in research. You know, he doesn't just do it and hope that people will come. He does study these things and we do really take into consideration what future casting looks like and how we think we can build the business. Yeah. Let's get your take on that, Susie, because you did come from Colorado to Texas. You look at the elevation and, and the layout of Spider Mountain and, you know, the trail network that's been developed there. And it's, you know, it's real easy to look at that as a disadvantage. but in a very real way, it is an advantage because we can really maintain those trails. Might be hot laps where instead of getting 2,000 vertical feet in a run, you get, you know, 300 plus, but it allows our trail builders and our crews to really make that, that experience awesome. You know, you go to big mountain bike parks in Colorado or New Mexico, the 2000 vertical plus where they have, you know, 55, 60 miles of trail. And, you know, it's, it's impossible to maintain all those trails. So they have their crown jewel runs that are pristine. And, and what our goal is, is to make all of our mountain pristine because we can, because we have that accessibility um, and make that a very, very unique experience so that, you know, whether it's, a uh, group of riders wanting to spend a great Saturday afternoon or someone training for a trip to go, you know, visit a larger mountain, you know, we, we can provide that experience from tip to tail. Christiana, let's talk about the actual build of, of Spider Mountain and what, you know, what went into that to prep it for becoming what it is now. So, you know, once the, the deed was done, it's a, you know, they were like, okay, we're going for it. James started to kind of quietly build, uh, buy up the remaining lots in Spider. So we'd have a big enough footprint for the park. And 
we really started to plan. And so the biggest plan was a lift. Um, he started pricing out lifts and James is very passionate about lifts and lift mechanics and how they can transport the most amount of people in the shortest amount of time. So he really digs in hard with engineers. And so he started working with Palmer Lightner, Palmer Lightner, and those kind of big lift companies. And he just couldn't get what he wanted. And so at that time, Al's run at Taos, they were putting a new high-speed lift. And so Mountain Capital Partners bought the lift from Taos. And that, ta- that lift was 5,000 feet. And James engineered it to where it would take the same number of chairs at Spider Mountain in 375 feet. And so he, he, through his engineering and working with all his engineers, um, they got the lift was dismantled in Taos and brought by truck to Spider Mountain and started building. And at that point, they hadn't really even announced the project. So, you know, Spider is located in a pretty rural area, not a ton of traffic. But I'm sure the folks heading out to their house were like, what is going on? Because they have these massive pylons and these ski lift chairs. And I'm sure that people thought there's craziness happening there. And um, so really, we were pretty careful about the messaging until right up to the lift was built. And we were ready to announce what we were doing. So it was a very exciting time and a very... It just took a lot of planning to kind of get everything right for the site, if that makes sense. Speaking of planning, did you guys work with a, like a trail planning consultant to maximize the plan itself for the infrastructure as far as the dirt side of things and the trails? Yeah. So at the time we had a mountain, um, a mountain park, a mountain biking park director. And so he was really, really good at planning and he had planned all the trails, had really spent extensive time on the mountain. So we did have a master plan for what we felt like we could do to get open and what we were looking forward to doing in you know the coming years. What was the initial reception of it aside from the big splash of first chairlift, only chairlift in Texas? You know, people who knew downhill mountain biking, who'd been to Texas, who'd been to these bigger resorts, they were incredibly stoked. Like the level of stoked was so high. It was really awesome. And you know, for me, someone who works in social media a lot, the level of followers and engagement that we got right from the very beginning was huge. It was like nothing I'd ever seen as far as engagement from your customers. Susie, before we started recording, you started talking about what Spider Mountain can be for many people. Let's talk about that, especially getting new people into mountain biking, because as we were discussing, while mountain biking, or we've known mountain biking for many years, it's still a relatively young sport or a young, young activity. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting coming from a place like Colorado where mountain biking is so prevalent to smaller mountain bike hubs is where I feel like the future of the sport really is. We like to say here at Spider that one of our big cultural goals is to build bikers. And to build bikers in the area and help the industry succeed. So a number of different ways that you know we do this is um, one, make sure that our beginning circuit is maintained 
and is, you know, ready for the never ever or the person who hasn't been on a bike since they were a kid and wants to re-embrace that kid inside of them. You know, the concept too of coming from a, a heavy ski resort back operations background and having been a mountain biker my whole adult life. Um, you know, in, in skiing, you don't send someone out into the backcountry. You send them to a resort so that they can chairlift up and ride down so that they can practice muscle memory. They can practice body bike separation. They can practice technical descending or berms or jumps, um, body weight positioning and repetitively. So it becomes muscle memory. So they learn and those, they internalize those skill sets. Where when you go pedal, you know, out into what I'll call the the backcountry, you know, they are worried about having a flat tire or worried about injury or worry about maybe pushing their limits a little bit because you're out there kind of by yourself. So more in a controlled environment with purpose-built trails, you know, we give people that opportunity to really experiment and really test the sport out and become lifelong bikers. Another really awesome things that Mountain Capital Partners does in all of their resorts is what we call the Power Kids, where 12 and under ski and bike free. Um, and, and part of that, part of the initiative there is to build bikers and skiers at our other resorts um, for the future. In a place like Texas, we've really seen mountain biking explode, enduro racing explode, I would say, over the past. 24 to 36 months was very much in its infancy. So continuing to evolve Spider with the evolution of the bigger mountain bike community right now, it's just explosive. I mean, the, the future of mountain biking in Texas is strong. And we have some great cross-country networks. You know, awesome trails are being built in San Antonio, um, in Austin, and even out here in the hill country. But there's no place like Spider. I mean, there's no other place in Texas where um, not only can the beginner, you know, experiment and get those muscle memories and, you know, learn the sport of mountain biking in this kind of environment, but that your zealot mountain biker can come out and get 10 to 15,000 vertical feet of riding in a day. And, you know, we have some flow trails, but we also have a lot of what I would call old school DH rock smashing trails. And they're all named after really, really cool things in Texas that can bite you. Things like Stinger and Sticky Icky and Tarantula and Viper's Den. But our beginning trail is called Itsy Bitsy. So that's super fun. You know, there's a couple different places that are ways I want to go with some stuff you just said. One of them is the trail maintenance side of things. It's something we talk about a lot. Um, at least I talk about a lot with all my guests that when we're doing trail specific shows. And I think that's one of the big things that differentiates a pay to play type bike park versus your public access, you know, city park or state forest or national forest. You know, let's talk about the maintenance side of things, Susie, a little bit and what you guys do to com- to make that so it's your, so your guests have the best experience. Yeah. We, you know, being a 365 day, 12 month a year operation, bike park operation has some advantages and some disadvantages. Uh, One of the advantages I would say that it has is we have all year to do trail maintenance. We have all year to do trail builds as opposed to a very short window with the 
bike park ski resort combo. Um, we are open Friday through Mondays for operations. So we have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays to work on trails. Um, we always do a full sweep of all of our trails um, before opening every weekend. The disadvantage of it is water. You don't think about it with the ski areas, but they build a trail. It's all duffed out, you know, at the end of the fall when they finish that build. And then it has four or five months for the snow to sit on it and melt and really pack it in and make that awesome loamy tread. Um, for us down here in Texas, we really battle water. So we do a lot of watering our trails. We have, I don't know, I think we own about 1,200 feet of fire hose. Um, a couple of different tractors we pull around to try to keep all of our trail work properly watered. Another advantage, we talked earlier about, you know, advantages and disadvantages of being, you know, a 375-foot bike park. One of the real advantages, though, is we can do trail maintenance in a way that some of the bigger bike parks can't because you go in to fix a trail, right? Well, what does that mean? First, you got to get a mini axe or a mini dozer in there and tear up the tread, get the rocks out, get it smoothed out, or um, or add more rocks if you're building a, a tech, but it's got to be the right rocks, right? Then you go in, you know, do your handwork, rake it all out, and then go back in and tamp and water. That's those are kind of the stages one, two, three, four of really any trail trail build. And so we have two roads that kind of divide the property. So we have these great access points to our trails that you're not going to get in a lot of the other bike parks. So one of the things we really pride ourselves on and where the future of spider is going to be is being able to maintain those trails so you get an epic experience every time you come out. That's one of our really big goals. The other really big goal we have is to obviously ex continue expanding our trail network, you know, and opening up new trails, top to bottom, 0.75 miles, a mile and a quarter, you know, here and there. So we have that very unique opportunity to be constantly building and constantly expanding our network. Oh, and I guess I'll, I'll, I'll end that by saying too that um, you know all of you in the mountain bike community out there, if you have not hugged a trail builder lately, you should. Or a trail maintenance. We have a little um, game that we play with our trail builders on seeing how far we make it in a single day. And it'll be some days they can rock and roll and get like you know two hundred feet of trail maintained, and then they hit a hard spot and are like. Oh my gosh, we had a crew of five working today and we only got 45 feet. So it's interesting. How many people do you have on staff that are doing your building and your maintenance? Uh, we have six trail crew members on staff. And going back to the beginner part, what other stuff do you guys offer when it comes to getting that beginner started? I did a bunch of research, but I want you to go into this. I'm, you know, you have bike rentals and coaches and all that good stuff, but let's talk about that. We uh, built this past year a beginner skills park at the base of our mountain. So beginner never evers come out. They can practice their skill sets on a loop before getting on the bike lift, um, which I think is really important because sometimes in skiing, you see this too. And in snowboarding, you know, the 
art of getting on and off the lift can really give a beginner a lot of anxiety. And that can get in the way of their confidence, which is key to their performance. So we built a beginner skills loop at the base of our mountain just for that purpose. So people can practice before they get on the lift. Uh, It's free. It's open to the public. It's also called Creepy Crawly, which I think is awesome. Um, And we have a full fleet of rental gear for the beginners. We have full suspension kids bikes all the way up to adult bikes. Um, And then we offer a complimentary tips and tricks clinic on the weekend. Just taking people through the skills parks, give them the real basics of body bike separation, you know, braking, body weights, etc. And we also partner with a lot of bike camps, a lot of really well-known, established, you know, enduro riders in the area to host uh, bike camps with Spider, and, and we've had great success with that. You know. So another one of our really core values here at Spider, which is to partner with this growing mountain bike community that we have in Texas and, and work with them so that when a guest comes out to Spider and it joins one of these camps, you know, they know that they're getting a, a very special and a very unique opportunity with someone who's just got a really rich background in mountain biking and mountain bike camps and mountain bike racing. I, I would add that the staff is incredibly friendly and knowledgeable at Spider. So if you're new, they're very welcoming. You know, they help you get on the lift. They'll give you tricks. I mean, I've known staff members to be like, okay, let's go take a lap together and let me show you something. So I think that that's an incredible piece. There's just Texas hospitality at Spider Mountain. Yeah. Christiana, let's talk about the 12 and under because that's something that that seems a lot more inclusive or it goes up to an older edge than what I'm used to when it comes to, you know, like where my, where I live, kids ski free for five and under, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, where I don't, I'm not a hundred percent up to what the industry standard would be, but that seems like that's a pretty broad age group. And how is that, how does that work out both for Spider Mountain, but also just as a whole with your other resorts? You know, um, we really pride ourselves as a company as being family friendly. We believe that learning young is how we build future customers. And that if we have kids to come, then their parents will come and their parents will learn. And so it really is a core value across Mountain Capital Partners. And we see that when kids love their adventure with us, then their parents love the adventure with us. And so they'll keep coming back. So for us, it makes awesome business sense. And it's part of who we are and part of the fabric of what we stand for. And I will tell you, with our company, we really do live out those values in the business decisions that we make uh, because we do see the fruit of that. And it's very exciting uh, to see kids come out with their parents and everybody smiling and everybody loving the time that they're having. Yeah, let's get into... uh... Some of the other stuff that you can find at Spider Mountain, because it's not just mountain biking. You guys are on a huge lake. You have other stuff there as far as lodging and food and whatnot. Let's get into the the whole, the full picture of what Spider Mountain offers. So, you know, Spider is on the the shores of Lake Buchanan, which is a huge man-made lake in the hill country. And we have a resort property right 300 yards from Spider Mountain called Thunderbird Lodge. 
uh, Thunderbird Lodge at, at Spider Mound. And it's this like old school property of cabins. And we, you can sleep four to what, 24 Susie in our biggest cabin. So you can bring your entire family and you can bring your whole squad and come stay and ride right at Spider Mountain. Now, with that, we, I think this is when we were talking offline. There's also stand up paddleboarding and some other stuff that can be done there. Let's go into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Susie, why don't you take that one? Sure. Uh, yeah, we have a whole fleet of stand up paddle boards, kayaks, pontoon boats, canoe that we rent. There's about a mile of lakefront property. So we have swim docks, swim platforms. Uh, we also host all summer long. And then we do one coming up here on our third year anniversary, which is going to be super exciting. But we actually have a lake jump where we provide the bike and we put a life jacket on the guests. And we put a life jacket on the bike and they hurdle themselves off about a five foot tall lip into the lake and great place to practice your whips and your front flips, whether you meant to do a front flip or not. And that's super fun in the summer, but we do a polar plunge one for our third year anniversary that's coming up in February. Um, and we really want to combine that lake and that bike experience, you know, more and more and, and make sure that our bikers know that that lake is available to them. And, you know, if you're biking out here when it's 90 degrees out, there's nothing like a good old fashioned dip in the Texas lake to get you back out on the hill riding. Um, there's also some world-class fishing in the lake. We also have just these amazing cliffs that drop off into the lake. I mean, the views are absolutely outstanding. When you are standing up at the top of Spider Mountain and it, it looks due west and the sun's setting right there. I mean, it, it really feels like you could be in Cabo or someplace on the Baja Peninsula. It's, um, it's quite stunning. And our newest addition is we have a hiking trail uh, that's top to bottom and it's, it's lift surf. So you can hit the lift and, and just hike down or you can hike up and down. And, you know, it's all part of our goal to create an all encompassing experience for people who love to be outside. So if you have um, some kids that maybe want to ride in the morning, but maybe want to break in the afternoon, they have the opportunity to hike that trail and then also hit Spy- uh, Thunderbird Lodge and take advantage of all the amenities there. Because if you have a ticket to Spider Mountain, you have a ticket to the lake. So it really is our goal, ultimately, to create this like outdoor wonderland in the heart of the Texas Hill Country and bring people who love nature and create people to love nature. So This might be more in the, the business end of, uh, end of things and kind of getting into the weeds a little bit. But from opening Spider Mountain to where you are today, how have the numbers been? Because every, I've, it seems I've had a couple bike park interviews now, and they're all the numbers are all exceeding what they thought it would. So I would say that we aren't there yet. You know, we started out kind of slow with a ton of excitement, but when it was hardcore riders in South Texas, it just wasn't enough to kind of really get us profitable. And then we had a tremendous COVID boost. You know, we were, you know, and and keep in mind, we're only in our third year. So for that second year to get huge COVID boost, 
as we look back at our financial numbers, it's really challenging to figure out what our baseline is because you know our first year was our first year. We didn't have that many. COVID gave us this big boom. And so we're just now kind of see, trying to see like, what, what are our expectations and what does that look like for a normal year? And then we're kind of basing that on what our growth looks like. Do we want to have 500 people a day and be open every day of the week? 100%. But it, it's been a weird three years. Wouldn't you agree, Susie? Yeah, yeah. You know, as Cristiano was saying, when MCP decided to put the lift in and, and create this bike park down here in Texas, it was definitely with the intention of catering to the zealot mountain biker. And then they started thinking, okay, this was before COVID, you know, we should probably build that green trail, get a little more, you know, all family focused, cater to the person who's never tried mountain biking before as, as well as the zealot. So all of that started to shift right before COVID. COVID happened. Everyone bought a bike. You know, we know what that did to bike sales, right? And then since then, you know, we have been really, really steady. You know, the reception has been huge. We've hosted some absolutely outstanding enduro races. Um, And it still impresses me so much every weekend. We have a huge percentage of riders who is their first time out to Spider Mountain, you know, that, that encourage them to get on a mountain bike for the first time in 20 years. Or, you know, they used to mountain bike in college. And now their kids are getting old enough that they really want to give them that same experience. So um, we're still very new in our infancy. Um, we are, we still look at our marketing and our branding almost like a startup, you know, still have a lot of real grassroots marketing efforts. Another one of our core values that um, I thought it'd be worth sharing with you and your audience today when we were talking about the power kids and the 12 and under is uh, it's very important to Mount Capital Partners to engage the local ski and bike communities and the heroes out there that are renting skis and renting bikes and selling bikes and making the industry work. So at all of our resorts, we offer a bike and ski shop pass program where we give um, phenomenally discounted season passes to those men and women out there that are working the front lines of the industry. So we're still really working with those bike shop partners here in Texas and um, getting their riders out and getting them to experience fighter and, you know, growing our, our hardcore ridership or our zealot ridership, you know, right alongside with our beginner ridership, you know, and as far as like trail building and, and what the future of spider is, you know, the next big trail that we plan on building is uh, advanced trail, an advanced kind of flow tech trail so that not only do we cater to that section of the mountain bike community here in Texas, which is used to riding very rocky terrain here and challenging terrain, but also as as we build our bikers and they build their skill sets at Spider, you know, we want we want more of more of that, but we also want to give them terrain that they can progress to, right? So that they keep coming back and and as as their skill sets grow we grow spider to meet them. Yeah. And do you see a lot of your visits being from 
your larger metro areas that are the day trip away? I'd say so. Yeah. I mean, our, our strongest customer base is out of Austin. So they are coming out. But you know, we do have a strong community in Dallas and Houston and San Antonio. And luckily, we do have Thunderbird Lodge. So if somebody wants to come and stay over, because it's a three or four hour drive from Dallas or Houston. So, you know, a lot of times we get big groups that come out and just stay the weekend and hang out. And that's awesome. So fun. Yeah. And you also, I mean, with, with offering the hiking trail, the stand up paddle boarding, you could have that whole family experience if everybody doesn't just mountain bike too, you know, so you can bring, exactly. you can really cover all the bases. Yeah. And that's what we're really all about. So one of the things that I, that I always like to bring into this some somewhat for humor, also for learning is famous failures. And this might not even be spider mountain related. But do you have any famous failures? We'll go to Susie first. Do you have any famous failures that you could share with, with our listeners? Because we all know that the best growth comes through failure and that's where the best learning is also. All right. So I'm going to keep my famous failures uh, a little bit spider focused, but I'll, I'll give you kind of a, a personal and a professional here is... From the spider perspective, maybe not recognizing early enough how important the mountain biking culture was to the growth of spider. You know, we're out here kind of in a remote, remote place where mountain biking culture isn't even what it is in, in Austin and San Antonio. So with staffing decisions that were made, with um, embracing the bike shops, embracing uh, local enduro trail groups and race groups, um, I think we would have gotten to where we are now a lot faster had that have been addressed earlier. So I think that that, that might have been one of the failures that you know, we're on the right path with with Spider. On a personal level, moving to Texas from Colorado, I came down here not nearly with big enough hats. So my hat size has just continued to grow. I made a commitment when I moved to Texas that I wouldn't complain about the heat. And I didn't, but my hats just kept getting bigger. Yeah, that's a good one. How about you, Christiane? You've had a, you have a pretty broad background in, in a bunch of different things. Yeah, you know, um, failure is a tough word. It's a tough word for me to get my head around because uh, no one likes to talk about a failure. But I think on the spider side of things, I think that we failed to connect Spider and Thunderbird in a super strong way from the very get-go. I think the focus was really on Spider, Spider, Spider. And then Thunderbird had so much to offer, but it was kind of like, wait, what? There's a Thunderbird Lodge where I can stay and paddleboard and hang out and have a fire pit. So I, I think that we lagged behind in making that connection with our guests. Um, especially on the marketing side where you think, oh, that was a missed opportunity for sure. And then personally, because I moved from Louisiana to Colorado, kind of different than Susie, and my husband's from Texas. So I'm just going to say like moving from Texas to Colorado, I didn't have nearly as enough Patagonia. I just was like, I clearly need more fleeces in my closet to fit in here. So... With that, do you have any community aspects that you'd like to share about Spider Mountain? I think, you know, we talk about community a lot in being like your hometown or the place that you live, but I also believe that 
that bike parks and trail systems are, are their own kind of standalone community, you know, and maybe that's just regular customers. Um, but, and, and also like a community of employees that you work with, like that, that the community ecosystem, you know, so how would you, you know, let's talk about the community of Spider Mountain quick or talk about it from, from that perspective. I would say that, you know, at Spider, we have two communities. We have our mountain biking community that is definitely more Austin and San Antonio centered that, you know, we embrace and Saturday morning rolls around and, and, and you feel that it, it's, it's alive and wow. And then we have our community that is here in Burnett, Texas. And it's, um, you know, coming from Colorado and that kind of warm sunshine feeling that you get at a ski area base, you know, with the live music and the lift going. And, and there's a certain energy there that ski resorts bring. And in working at a ski resort, um, for all of you that have it, it has a real sense of family. It has, it's a different vibe. It's a different experience. So to, from an employment standpoint, to be able to bring that to Burnett, Texas and, and embrace so much of the local workforce and, you know, a very unique work experience is something that we're really proud of. Another thing that we're really proud of, and, and I feel it when I go to community meetings and community functions and talk to the restaurant owners and, and talk to the gas station attend, you know, operators and just the folks living and operating their businesses here in Burnett and then feeling such a big positive economic influence because of Spider um, really means a lot to us. Yeah. How about your take on that? Yeah, I would echo that. Yeah, I was going to say, I echo that. Sorry, totally. You know, it's a bit of a, bit of a challenge because we're out about an hour, hour and a half from Austin. And so engaging with that community and then engaging with San Antonio, which is like two and a half hours away, and then our guests who travel in, our opportunities to engage with them are on the weekends. But we do have a plan for outreach um, to actually bring Spider Mountain to those places so that we can do some group rides and we can do some clinics and that kind of thing. Because we understand that building community is not just about our customers coming to us, but us coming to them. So that's part of our our outreach as we grow. And we have the bandwidth from our staff to actually make that happen. That's a big goal of ours. And then to Susie's point, uh, we are in the hill country of Burnett, Texas. And it's a land of cowboys and um, you know, maybe a little bit different culture than what mountain biking has traditionally been. And I take a lot of inspiration from what's going on in Bentonville. I grew up in Arkansas, in Northwest Arkansas. So I've seen the changes over the past 25 years. And so as we kind of look to the economic impact that we have in Burnett and Marble Falls and in the Hill Country, we're mindful that we're a super inclusive community. And we want people to come out and try Spider and learn to love it and love being outside as much as we do. Uh, and so I feel like because the staff and um, the folks at the resort are so, so, so friendly and they love mountain biking so much that there's a natural connection. You know, people are drawn to other people who are passionate about things. And we are certainly passionate about nature, the outdoors and biking. And, uh, you know, Susie is an excellent 
representative to kind of be inclusive and invite people right in our local area out to spider. Yeah, for sure. And that's, that's exactly what I was looking for when t- in terms of community and really digging into what happens locally too. With that being said, do you have, is there anything, and Christiane, you can go first. Is there anything that we haven't covered as far as like what you want to close with? Spider, for those that haven't come, is a really amazing experience for such a short amount of vertical. Uh, we Our trails are very diverse. And I've heard a lot of people say, well, is it worth it to come down? You know, what are the trails like? I'm used to trestle or something like that. Well, we're not trestle, but we're not trying to be either. We're really committed to awesome trails on the terrain that we have. And we're going to continue to make it more and more and more awesome. So I encourage anybody who hasn't been down to Spider to buy your ticket online at spidermountain.com and come down and give us a try. How about you, Susie? How, do you, how would you like to close? Or is there something that we didn't touch on yet? I'd like to sort of echo what Christiana said that um, if you've not given Spider a try, it is such a unique experience. You know, I was opened up with the story of, you know, me coming down to Spider to try it from, you know, Breckenridge, Colorado, uh, one February and fell in love with the place. And it was like you took one of the Colorado bike parks and just put it in a little bit of shrink, a bit of a shrink gun um, from the views to the lift riding experience. You start getting up there and you're like, wow, I really am in the hill country. This is, this is pretty amazing. And then there's that old saying. Everything is bigger in Texas and Spider absolutely rides bigger than it is. So come on down and do some mountain biking. Yeah. And we've seen it time and time again that we call it mountain biking, but that doesn't mean you actually need mountains. I mean, I don't live in an area with mountains. I got 550 vertical feet where I live. We all know anybody that's been to to Bentonville knows that there's not 550 feet there. There's in Bentonville proper, there's like 150 feet. There's a lot of mountain biking going on, you know, and so it's, mm-hmm. well, it's called mountain biking. It's definitely, you don't need to, it doesn't need to be, you don't need to be in the mountains to make it awesome, you know, and have an awesome experience. Great. Well, Susie, Christiana, thank you very much. This has been a pleasure. This will continue the bike park series that we're doing here on Trail Effect. And I think bike parks play such a vital role within the community of mountain biking. And as you two have both said, and what we've been learning through the series of that, this is also a really good avenue for getting new people into the sport. So thank you very much. Thank you, Josh. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Josh. Thank you for listening. Links for the various topics discussed in the show can be found in the show notes. If you like what you've heard, please take the time to share these shows with others. Sharing the shows will help create awareness of both the guests who have taken the time to be on the show and the podcast series itself. Also, Trail Effect will be moving off of Mountain Bike Radio onto its own platform called Trail Effect, spelled Trail, T-R-A-I-L-E-A-F-F-E-C-T, Trail Effect, which will be available soon everywhere that podcast can be consumed. Our next episode will feature Sean Gregory of Big Loop Trails and the Southwest Colorado Cycling Association. This podcast has been made possible by Mountain Bike Radio, Smith's Bike Shop in La Crosse, Wisconsin, and is an Evolution Trail Services production. If you have ideas on future communities or people to feature on Trail Effect, please don't hesitate to reach out by emailing evolutiontrails at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening. See you at Trail Effect. Trail Effect.